Good evening, and welcome to Better Than Wine Podcast with Sean and Riley. Hello, everyone. <laughs> this is episode seven. Seven. So it has to be perfect? <laughs> oh, no, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. And it's already 10.30 at night. Yep. Uh, spoiler, it's not going to be perfect. Nope. So, how was your day? Great. Good. Yep. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, what wine do we have this evening? It's, Is uh, this a new one? It's a new one. It's a, I believe, a 2018. You didn't bring the bottle? I didn't bring the bottle. I put it in the fridge. Is this the one from Father? It is one of the ones. Uh, it's I think it's like the, the big Camacho or something. Big Camacho? Something. It's something like that. Should I go look? It says Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. So, when you go get the Mountain Dew. I'll double check. Double check. Yeah. We'll get back to you on the wine that we're drinking. Yep. Provided by Father. Yep. It looks very clear. It is. So it's pretty good. I tried it already. Cheers to you. Cheers. Well, then that first sip is poison. That's what do you think? Hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's less sweet than I was expecting. Yeah, but it's not like overpowering. Because anytime I see a white wine, I expect it to taste like a Moscato. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Which is not how wine works. Yeah, it's not. But... It has sort of an oaky after. No. Alright. Sorry. Okay. Great. So... What are we talking about tonight? We have a lot to cover. We have a lot of things, but the overarching theme, yes, topic. I think theme is uh, is eschatological man, as brought to you by Saint Pope John Paul II, which I said that wrong. Yes, that's okay. Pope Saint. Yeah. Yeah. Supplemented by one one one, mm-hmm. one quote from yes. Saint Athanasius. It is. Yep. So get ready. Yep. We are going to dive in. We're going to be reading the Bible. I was not aware of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember. Cool. Yeah. All right. We'll do it. So. It it'll come back to me as it's happening. <laughs> That detail. I don't know if you can say it's, it will come back to you while it's happening. That's fair. So, it's, it's just happening, happening again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. I prepared other portions of this. You did. That's okay. Um, something just like to just like cover, like we say eschatological man. Oh, yes. We'll define the term. Yeah. I don't even care uh, about defining it completely. Just like, so it's not just some nonsense word. That right. sounds like maybe we made it up. Okay. Um, really, and I should know more about the origin of this than I do. Right. I don't. Uh, but it is just the simplest way to put it just means like, like the future man. <laughs> Like it's like the next, like the next step, because 
something we've kind of alluded to, but not... Well, let's just... um, Do you want to just jump into that? Sure. I was going to just cover it kind of quick. Anyways. Oh, okay. But we can kind of talk more about it if you want. But I like creating timelines. Do you know when yeah. we were talking about this, or um, when we were planning this episode last week, I think we kind of briefly talked about it, and I was like, "Oh, I should totally make a visual." Yeah, you did. Yeah. So maybe mm-hmm. if you watch the video version of this podcast, mm-hmm. I will make a visual mm-hmm. that Sean can somehow cut into the video because I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. Eschatology or eschatological comes from the Greek word which I cannot read because I don't know the Greek alphabet but mm. the word means oh, like eschatos that might be wrong pronunciation. Yeah, it's close, but I guess. I don't know. that means last. Okay. So, yeah. See if you can figure out what we're talking about. Um, and then ology is obviously the study yeah. of. Yeah. Uh, eschatological, relating to the study of mm-hmm. the last man. Yeah. Yeah. I love like etymology. F- final. Final, yeah. Her final form. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, thank you to Wikipedia. Nice. Um, I always trust Wikipedia. You know that everything on there is Was accurate. written by experts. Yeah, because anybody can go in there and write anything at any time. If they have independent fact checkers. Well, okay. Just kidding. I was quoting the office, but... I know. Okay. Um, Sorry, I'm just looking for the notes. Oh, you know what? It would help if I shared them with you. (laughs) I was looking in our... I thought about it, Shared email. The better than wine notes. Oh, I forgot to make it in there. Oh. Anyways. Well... Guys, Sean's trying to cut me out of the podcast. Apparently. Let me do it now. Did that work? Does anything ever work on my phone? No. Which one did you share it with me the, or the okay. podcast? Alright. Cause I figured that's where you were looking. Yes, it is. Okay, cool. Alright. All right. <clears throat> so Let's build our timeline real quick. Sure. All right. So in the beginning was original man. Original man lived the original experiences. Original man sadly only included Adam and Eve. Following original man, or the point in which original man comes to an end, that time period, these are timelines, is upon the choice of original sin. Mm, the action of original sin. Didn't change till they did something. That's... I suppose so, though we 
make an act of contrition in my thoughts and in my words. Yeah. Or no, that's the computer, but still. Okay. Upon the occurrence of original sin. Here you go. Uh, after original sin, which we had discussed, my kids in my class call it, oh, happy fault. Yeah. Close enough. Um, comes the time period in which we are still living called historical man. Mm-hmm. Can you enlighten as to why we call it historical man? It's the man of history, of like... Like as we as, know it. Yeah. So, uh, we are living in a period of historical man. Jesus became incarnate, was born, suffered, and died in the period of a historical man. Mm-hmm. And... And I would just say, just like the defining attribute of the historical man is our... Um, i trying to think of the right way to say it. Uh, is our... Concupiscence. Concupiscence, but our... Um, being affected by original sin uh, having kinky presence of our tendency to sin living the effects of original sin having the temptation and tendencies towards sin which Mm -hmm. is the definition of concupiscence. I'm not sure if we've covered that yet, but just in case concupiscence is our tendency towards sin as an effect result of the fall mm-hmm. okay at the end of historical man whenever that may be we don't know <laughs> right it's a mystery um upon the occurrence of the second coming of jesus and the judgment of all yeah specifically i guess if you're going like say like okay this is when we are actually like no longer historical man would be after the resurrection mm-hmm. of the body when body and soul is again united but uh, also kind of perfected which we'll yes. talk more about so as we go eschatological man that is the last time period in the timeline yeah. Yeah. That's what we're looking forward to. Yes. Why we say it in the creed. We look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Yeah. Okay. So that's our timeline. Yeah. We've given our basic definition of eschatological man. Mm-hmm. And now what? Well... Did you want to, we were kind of there, talking about what we mean by eschatological man. Did you want to talk about the, um... So let's talk about... Yes, I do. Okay. Let's talk about what happens to people who don't live to the point of eschatological man... On the timeline. The resurrection of the body. 
Is that an accurate? Wait, say that again. I didn't follow. And I didn't follow myself. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I'm like, okay. So yeah, my understanding um, is eschatological man is a universal time period. Yeah. It is the time period marked by the second coming, the judgment of the living and the dead, the resurrection of the bodies, mm-hmm. and that reunion of the body and soul. Right. Which, don't worry, if you're concerned, we will go into more detail. Mm-hmm. And by we, I mean Sean. Um, so, those who die... Before the second coming, mm-hmm. do not they are not part of this eschatological time period because it's not happening yet. Yeah, like not they'll be a part of it when it they, happens. Yes, right. But right now, you couldn't say, no, like, they're, they're people so, in heaven are eschatological man. That doesn't no, track. Just a soul. Right. Nobody. So, it's important to discuss what happens to people when they die. Yes. So that we know yes. what we look forward to in the short term. Mm-hmm. Because more people than not will or have died before Jesus will come. Yeah, I think that math checks out. Because there's been people for a really long time, guys. True. Really long time. So, what happens to people when they die? Let's talk about it. Great. <laughs> really fun topic. Yes. Finally, in episode seven, is when I get to get weird about death. Yep. Not all the way, though. Don't worry. <laughs> um, okay, so there is a... I don't want to call it a doctrine... I'm going to be honest. Mm. You know when you get so steeped in the details of something that you don't know its technical name? Yeah. As Catholics, we have a belief in something called the four last things. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the death process, we'll call it. Yeah. So, there's one thing in the world that is inevitable for all people, and that is death. Mm-hmm. So, death is the first of the four last things. Yeah. Um, I feel like death is pretty self-explanatory. We... Yeah. I, as a human, you kind of innately know what death entails, even if you couldn't describe it in technical terms. Right. Um, but to clear up theologically, and again, I believe we've mentioned this before, death is the soul separating from the body, Mm -hmm. leaving the body inanimate. We know the soul is eternal. 
and the body is mortal. So the body will die, and that is an effect of original sin. Okay, any questions? No. Great. Um, after death, we have judgment. Mm-hmm. And this is called particular judgment. Particular judgment is just like what it sounds. It's person to person. And, you know, every, there are phrases like when you meet your maker or you're going to have to answer for this Mm -hmm. that is the time right Mm -hmm. and we can't say exactly how judgment will go i was gonna ask that like is there a teaching about that as far as i know i mean as living humans right now what we can conceptualize as judgment mm-hmm. is on a human level based yeah. on human interactions and human experiences. Mm-hmm. So we can't really imagine exactly what that's going to be like, but if you had to put it in human terms, it's likely going to resemble a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, But we don't know that for sure. I could see it in the more abstract being more of a movement of of the heart, of like the person where you face God and you are either in love or repulsed. Mm. And I use that strong language for a reason. Yeah, that makes sense. But in this judgment, it is determined by us Mm -hmm. upon our last living moment Mm -hmm. where we will go. And... That is the second last thing. Other questions? No, I don't think so. Okay. Mm-mm. So that's one and two of yeah. the four. Right. It's hard to talk about three without talking about four and vice versa. So you have death, judgment, heaven, and hell. Those are the four last things. Mm. So, judgment determines where we will go. Do we love God? Do we truly love God? Mm -hmm. If not, we choose our place. Because God in his infinite mercy would not force you to be with him if he didn't if you didn't love him. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of talked about that before. Like God is so respectful of our free will, that gift that he gave us. 
Um, so that's hell. Hell is eternal separation from God and his love. Hmm. So it's not a bunch of little devils running around with pitchforks in a fire. Now we can't say that either. Yeah. Actually, because we know that God created a place Mm -hmm. for Satan to reign because that's what he wanted. Again, God in his infinite love and mercy. Mm -hmm. Um, I highly doubt they carry pitchforks. Yeah. Um, Yes. I I hesitate to say this because I didn't really verify it prior. But I've mm. always heard from respectable mm. sources that there's not a person in hell who didn't choose to go there. Right. Yeah. Can we talk about heaven? Sure. Okay. Heaven is where you go if you loved God mm-hmm. and you love God in that present moment and you loved God in your life and you repented of your sins and you chose him. God wants us to be there. Yeah. And he only we only go there if if we want to and it's not like an idle want it's a it's the kind of desire that informs every action every movement every like act of repentance every part of your life and i'm not saying that you never sinned or messed up obviously there's only one person who is not also a god a god who is not also god God. who didn't sin heaven is blissful complete union with god Mm -hmm. so it is the opposite of hell sometimes wait any questions about heaven I don't really know um, that much about it, just to be honest. I've never been there. Yeah, that's fair. Now, one thing, I don't know, that I, I guess what I, again, something like I didn't, I haven't like verified, um, and this might just be my own like thought process about it, mm-hmm. but um, I, I, like, like, good thing like the great thing about heaven right is that you're face to face with god mm-hmm. and like you said in that perfect union with him right um but part of it too it also makes it great and also it's another way that it's like the complete opposite of hell mm-hmm. is that you're in communion with the rest of the mm-hmm. church in heaven yes and all of those who love god right yeah, and that's, you know, again, just kind of go back to what you said with hell is that that's something I've always 
again, from like respected, you know, theologians, educators in my life, is that, you know, if you were going to try to imagine what hell looked like as a place, um, it'd kind of be like, imagine everybody who's there is in their own, like, solitary confinement, sort of. You know? Yes. That they're completely isolated, you know, from anyone and anything else. Right. Other than that's not, like, themselves. Yes. Does that make sense? It does make sense. It it makes perfect sense. Okay. Um, I was trying to find... A message that I sent to somebody about this because mm-hmm. I wanted to. Okay, here it is. Everyone in heaven will be directed towards God, but with uni- but united with each other, which is mm. what you said. But uh, it's my one-liner. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And it pertains to a topic that we will talk about later, so I'm going to hold on to that. Um, Good. Okay. Okay, so in heaven, everything and everyone, I don't know if there are things in heaven actually, but every Mm. person is perfect. Nothing can enter through the gates of heaven that has not been perfected and purified. Mm. So, there are a lot of people who love God who are not perfect nor purified. I am Mm. very likely one of them. (laughs) Almost guaranteed. Hmm. But God, in his infinite mercy, when we die in an, in a state of loving him, but not purified of our worldly attachments, has created a place for us to be purified. Mm-hmm. And that is called purgatory. And purgatory comes from the same root word as to purge. So take that literally. <laughs> yeah. We are purified of our attachments to sin. Anything that is not of God, anything that we are attached to when we die, vices that we have, um, it becomes purified in that place. Mm -hmm. And my understanding is that in addition to heaven and hell, purgatory is also outside of time and space. So, mm, yeah, I, it would have to be, right? Because you're not there physically, right? Although time applies, I think, because you can there um, indulgences and you can pray for the souls in purgatory for to spend less time in purgatory. I don't think it's time applicable though, and now I don't, don't want to get too far into indulgences because that's well, I know, not a topic that I'm have a lot of expertise on Mm -hmm. and I always get confused but my understanding is it's not a reduction of time necessarily like we have to speak in terms that we understand Mm -hmm. but 
that the kind of that the suffering of purgatory may be reduced would be a partial indulgence and a plenary indulgence would be that the person who suffers in purgatory who suffers the purification because pure and it's not a suffering like the same that's in hell it's a this is a suffering that has hope because everyone who is in purgatory has hope of heaven. They are going to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. I almost said it's just a matter of time. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, it's hard to kind of take yourself out of the temporal human experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, and imagine what something is like that you've never experienced anything like it before. Mm-hmm. But to have that uh, indulgence either reduce the suffering or fulfill the, how do I want to say this? Like the, not obligation, not requirement. (laughs) No. The, like, sentence? Yeah, I guess. Um, Altogether, which you kind of cover that, I I think the only terms that we can speak of it that we understand is in terms of time. But Mm. I would would, want to maybe double-check that. I mean, I have something to look into more. But I think kind of like you're saying is that you don't only have to talk about it in time because we can talk and understand about talking about it in terms of reducing the suffering. Yeah. Uh, But I'm saying, at least from what I know, again, which may be incorrect, but like the church and several saints Mm -hmm. talk about reducing time in purgatory, you know, by years, usually. Um, sometimes they go by like hundreds of years. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. I've, I've, I guess I've never heard that before. Of like, you know, we just use, you know, like time as a measure. But it's, I don't know. I mean, it could be something else. I'm just saying that I think that's what I've heard before of purgatory, yeah. of reducing your, your time well, in purgatory. And it literally. could be like, Maybe in terms of, hmm, I don't want to speculate too much. Yeah. But in terms of how we relate to people in purgatory. Yeah. Again, I just think it would be weird yeah. to use to like I don't be know. so specific. I'll have to think about that years. more and look into it. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I'm not speaking out of term. But heaven and hell are absolutely outside right, of time. Outside of it, yeah, for sure. But I guess that's the other thing is that you think about the, you know, when Christ comes again, that purgatory will be gone away with. I guess I, guess I don't know that. Yes. I assume. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So at the end of time, the second coming, everyone is judged. That's called general judgment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everyone on earth and in purgatory. Yeah, we'll have like a final... We'll have a final judgment. Mm-hmm. I assume... 
you know, I remember having a conversation with Father about... I assume the people who are in heaven and the people who are in hell just stay there. Hmm. Yeah, I've always wondered... Like, I guess I never thought about the people in heaven. Like, they're not going to change their minds once they're there. Right. But, like, the people in hell... I mean, maybe. I mean, it's. I mean, yeah. Bonus episode. Yeah. We'll have to. Yes. So we need to finish up on the four last things so Mm -hmm. that we can get to the core of this episode. But um, purgatory is not one of the four last things. It's kind of an aside because it's not a last thing. Right. So, see, that's what kind of makes me think that. The fact that purgatory has like an end time, mm-hmm. that it is inside of time, <laughs> also. But again, not really mm-hmm. super related. We don't have to dwell on it. Yeah. Forever, but. Um, Listen, you should save your questions for the AMA or bonus content. That's true. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just I'm, email I'm, them. Go, yeah, I'll email, email me. You. <laughs> Email us your questions. Good. Uh, you guys email us your mm-hmm. questions too, and then I'll find out the answers for real. Yeah, or if you know the answers to some things, or yes, have references. <laughs> yes, that'd be great. That would be awesome. Um, AMAs, which is ask me anything's, mm-hmm. and bonus content is available exclusively through Patreon. Mm-hmm. For certain tiers. Yeah, I think the AMA is for anybody who is a patron. No matter what tier. Except for like the very lowest, right? I think it starts at... Oh, um, the second or third. Zinfandel. Yeah. The Zinfandel tier. Gotcha. Okay. So All most of patrons. the details about... Mm-hmm. The perks of each tier are listed on the website. Yes. So true. check it out. See if it's worth it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. So I think that's a wrap on the four last things yep. in summary. Okay. All right. Great. You have a note mm-hmm. here. About. So, where I would go with okay. Eschatological Man is kind of where John Paul II starts. Mm-hmm. Which, just like when we were talking about um, uh, Original Man, yes. we started in creation, and that's John Paul II. Mm-hmm. Didn't originally start like straight to Genesis, he started with Jesus first, mm-hmm. who then pointed back to Genesis. Um, <clears throat> but here we talk about eschatological man um, John Paul II goes to again to Jesus himself speaking and uh, he goes specifically to conversation that uh, Jesus has with the Sadducees who are the Jewish one of the um Forget the exact terminology, but you know, sort of the Jewish elders. 
right now. I know. Yeah. I'm now you're gonna try to read, yeah, and this. then the microphone's too low. So, and uh, I don't know. Should we talk more about the Sadducees before reading this, or talk about them after? It's totally up to you. Okay. Is um, the what the Sadducees are? Is that significant to? Yeah, it's important. Okay. So I guess we'll we'll just read it first. Do you have in the note there? It's, it's 22. 22, 23. Thank you. We came prepared this week. A little bit. Mostly out of embarrassment for being more than before. Unprepared. Yeah. Can I move this back to you? Yeah, you can move it. That's okay. good. Oh, this actually comes right after one of my favorite things also. Anyways. Um, <clears throat> Which he will not reveal. I will not. Well, I mean, you can look for yourself, I guess, if it's really interesting. But They can't. Yeah, okay. oh, I guess they it's could. Matthew 22. I forgot I said it out loud. <laughs> That's where we're reading. Okay, so we're in Matthew 22, <clears throat> verse 23 to 33. 33, yep. All right. Okay. The same day, Sadducees came to him, who say that there is no resurrection. And they asked him a question, saying, Teacher, Moses said, if a man dies having no children, his brother must marry the widow. And raise up children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers among us. The first married and died, and having no children, left his wife to his brother. So too the second and third, down to the seventh. After them all, the woman died. In the resurrection, therefore, to which of the seven will she be wife? For they all had her. But Jesus answered them, You are wrong, because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. And as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was said to you by God? I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not God of the dead, but of the living. And when the crowd heard it, they were astonished at his teaching. Okay, so what... Really, I was just going to say it actually about the Sadducees. It actually says in here, like, right away, um, Sadducees who say that there is no resurrection. It's kind of like the main thing okay. to know about them. Yes. Um, I know, or if I remember right, John Paul II goes into a little more detail about, like, more of what the Sadducees directly believe and why mm-hmm. and where they get it from I think it has something to do with certain parts of the Bible that are like I don't want to say the Bible but that's what I, I refer to it as uh, and the, certain parts of the Bible that they didn't accept mm-hmm. um, so that so if I again I could be wrong about that entirely but um, not super important just that like it says here that they don't believe in the resurrection. So, right, like, they come to Jesus and, right, of course, uh, wanting to kind of entrap Jesus in making some kind of mistaken statement. Right. Because um, that was, uh, and I, so I guess I'll go ahead and say it right, the section right before this in Matthew 22. Mm-hmm. Um is where the Pharisees are trying to uh, trap Jesus uh, with talking about taxes, um, which 
is just just a great scripture. Um, but anyways, it's like the Sadducees are like, okay, the Pharisees couldn't do it. Now we're going to try. Oh my God. This, we got this really good question. You know, they've all been working together. You know that they've been sitting around their little table trying to like, you know, put together the best question to stump Jesus. What are they playing poker or something? No, I don't think people played poker back then. Um, but like, it's like literally, you know, you can just tell the way they were like, this is so good. There's no way he can answer this and not like make people mad. Um, but sorry, I'm not going to yawn weird again. You did though. It wasn't weird. It makes so much eye contact when you yawn. It's weird. I just was checking to see if you were going to look at me. And I did. And that's your eye contact. I could feel it. So it made me like look at you. So next time I'll be like. Yeah, yeah that'd be better. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but yeah, anyways, like they think they're so smart and they're going to trick Jesus. Because <clears throat> again, they don't think that he's who he says he is. They think that he's a fake. Question. Uh, yeah. Sorry. You add more? I mean, yeah, go ahead. Why do you like the tax collector Pharisee Oh, I just, it's just great. Like, it's, this is kind of on par with it, but it's just such a great put down by Jesus. (laughs) Pretty much just like, like they ask him, I guess we'll talk about this really quick, you know, because the Pharisees, they like pretend that they like him teacher we know that you're true and teach the way of god truthfully uh and care for no man for you not regard the position of men um you know is it lawful to pay taxes to caesar or not like like, obviously if he says uh one way or the other and just like leaves it at that people are going to be mad about that right and says but jesus aware of their malice said why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the money for the tax. And they brought him a coin. And Jesus said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And that's just like... Boom. You know, I love that. Mic drop, so to speak. And the, there's a lot just in there. It's so great. Okay. It's perfect. But anyways, with... I just learned something new about you. Yeah. Which is, that's your favorite Bible verse. Bible story? Scripture? It's up there. Okay. I don't know. Well, previously you said, oh, this is right after my favorite. Yeah, I guess I should have said one of my favorites. I don't know if it's up the favorite, for sure. Okay. Because, you know, there's a whole, like, Tobit. I like Job, too. That's pretty cool. Nice. Anyways, uh, Sadducees, right? So they, again, think that they're just way smarter than this Jesus guy. Mm -hmm. They don't think is any, you know, someone anyone should care about. Um, And Jesus kind of does the same thing to them that he does to the Pharisees. Um, Doesn't really call them out directly as like trying to trick him like he does but the first thing he says is um you are wrong 
like immediately just you are wrong <laughs> not even like giving them I'm sorry time uh, do we need there are no there's no tissues there's no tissue you are telling me now that there is nothing in it okay great so yeah going back to Jesus's answer to the Sadducees um, that he says you are wrong just like right away that he doesn't even bother trying to answer their question yeah like you're asking the wrong question to begin with um, I'm not gonna play your game son and pretty demoralizing to them that he says because he says you are wrong because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God which like if you think about the Jewish people and especially these sort of like elders mm-hmm. like the thing they pride themselves on is knowing the scriptures right so for this guy to tell them it's a harsh burn for sure yeah yeah it's it's rough it's uh it's not easy being a sadducee i won't say that. please don't <laughs> did you see the physical pain that came across my face <laughs> that's what i was going for I didn't even have to say it. Gosh. Oh. Oh my gosh. Should we explain it in case people don't know? No. <laughs> Everyone knows. Do you want to, like, sing on Eagles Wings? <laughs> no. All right. <clears throat> Never sing that song again. Okay. Um. Yeah. All right. Did and you so, distract yourself with your dumb dad joke? I did. Look at you, you're still so proud. <laughs> it's the perfect reaction. I just saw your face. Like you're just Are you crying? A little, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It was just so perfect. Oh. <sighs> I hate us. I know. Alright, so then right, Jesus gives us this like great little insight which, and I guess not really an insight so much as it's like oh maybe we nobody ever really thought about it before um, and so it's good that it's like okay Jesus himself has clarified this for us so it's like alright we're good we got it mm-hmm. right where he's like in um, in the resurrection there's no marriage basically is what he said um, wow, we're just gonna put that right out there. Yeah, pretty much saying there's no need for marriage, right? In heaven, um, that you know, once you're in heaven, you, you don't you care should, about your spouse. You don't care about your no. <laughs> um, it's that it's when you like think about it, and this word John Paul II kind of goes with this, and say that you know think about what is the purpose of marriage, right? Uh, it's not meant to be like our ultimate goal. It's meant to be a sign of it. And so that's when, you know, again, that we don't need this sign of this thing that we're experiencing. Right. When we're in heaven. Because that'd be weird. That'd be like if. I'm trying to think of a better example, but. It's like 
you know, if you're like looking at a map and trying to get somewhere. But you're already there. Yeah, well, I guess you'd like be looking for signs on the way there of how to get there. And then you get there and you're like, okay, I don't need this map. I'm here. Like marriage would be like the map. Mm. Yeah, you know, the signs, like the way that you get there. Good. Um, Interesting. I've never heard that analogy. Yeah, did you just make that up? I did. It's probably not that good, but I think it works enough. Yeah. Because um, I also think it speaks to the vocational aspect of marriage. Mm-hmm. And, like, the goal of marriage is to get each other to heaven. It is kind of like a map. That's a great analogy. Thanks. I mean, all analogies are lacking. I don't want you to get a big head. But Yeah. There's no such thing as a perfect analogy. Exactly. According to every theology teacher I've ever had. Yes. Same. So. Yeah. Okay. But, um, but yeah, that's in heaven. It's like, yeah, we don't need this thing that is supposed to just show us like a, a glimmer of this thing that we're fully experiencing so no there's no need for it um is what jesus says so that's why he's saying like your whole question is stupid basically to the sadducees <laughs> like why did you even like it's embarrassing that you even asked me this it's like, like i know you're trying said. to play me yeah um and so now how does this speak to the sadducees not believing in the resurrection because he's saying that in that in the resurrection, because that's what part of the uh, oh that's what they're trying to kind of get him on. Yeah, it's like there can't be a resurrection because then who would this woman be married to? Right. Yeah, because that's what they're okay. saying. Because they're asking about in the resurrection specifically. Right. That in the right Jesus knows who they are. He knows what they believe. Right. Um. But they're asking him about what would happen in the resurrection with this situation. And it's like, so first of all, <clears throat> like they themselves don't believe in the resurrection. And then they're going to ask Jesus about what, you know, what happened in this situation in mm-hmm. the resurrection. Um, and so that's what he's telling them is like, you, know, you just don't get it. <laughs> right. To even begin with. But that's, you know, they want him to say, you know he would the woman would be someone's wife Wife. yeah so again that's where he's just like yeah no obviously to jesus right obviously that's not how it works because to him right right but uh i also i I just i really like this part where he doesn't just leave it at that he doesn't just leave it as um There's no marriage in heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, something in my throat. <clears> Do <throat> you need a sip of wine? Yeah, probably. I bet that'll help. Uh, okay. But then he he doesn't just leave it um, talking about marriage, but he like goes straight for like their core beliefs in the resurrection itself, and says that and as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was said to you by God? I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not God of the dead, but of the living. Right? That, like, he doesn't just leave it to talking about marriage. He also talking about how, you know, right. we're not just doomed to, <laughs> you know, 
death. Yeah. um, That there's more to it. Well, and if there was no resurrection, there was no four last things. Like, death is a doorway. Where was I going with this? Uh You said, oh, I was going... He is the god of of the living. The living, yeah. So, really... I don't know how to say this without, like, confusing people, but people don't really die. And it's not like a cutesy they live on in our hearts kind of thing, which, like, mm-hmm. yes, that's possible. But obviously, everyone who remembers a certain person is going to eventually die, too. So that doesn't track for eternity. Yes. With the soul living eternally, God is the God of the living. Mm-hmm. The saints are alive and mm-hmm. fully active. Is that the right word? That, yeah, say active. Like, yeah. I mean, they are powerful intercessory forces. Yeah, they're not just like, oh, they lived such a great life. And if they were like <laughs> dead in the way that we think of death, we perceive death as humans to be the end mm-hmm. hard and fast end because and again I think because our human experience we cannot imagine what it possibly would be like um, mm-hmm. if that were true then the saints could not there would be no miracles attributed to saintly intercession there would mm-hmm. that i mean i think is the most concrete yeah definitely uh evidence to me of the of the eternity of the soul mm-hmm. i mean there are some things that happen that just cannot possibly be explained right. by any other means besides saintly inter uh, intercession Right, and like on top of that, like the church recognizing these men and women mm-hmm. as saints. Um, and again, not just as like a memorial to say like, oh yeah, they're just great people that we should look at their lives. Super but good. also like we give them uh, patronage of like pray to them. <laughs> yes, for, for certain, specific yeah. things. Yeah. Yes. Because that would be crazy otherwise if we didn't believe that they were, <laughs> you know, still... Mm-hmm. alive right. right to that they can do something <laughs> about it yes now so. in regard to this scripture yeah jesus says mm-hmm. they will be like angels yes yeah, true this is a good point so sean tell me does an angel get its wings every time a bell rings? Yes. What? What? It's from the movie. That movie is not reality. It's very theologically sound, actually. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why. I just want to like mess with you today. But, uh, yeah, basically what happens is... Um, you know, like you say, we become like angels. We become covered in eyes, you know? <coughs> Sprout wings. 
covered in eyes, sprouting wings. No. First of all, band name. No. So th- it, it's important not to take this uh, passage out of context to say, like, oh, Jesus said we become like angels when we die. It's He's saying that the fact that the angels do not have marriage is what we will be like. Well, I think there's angels. there's more similarities than that. No, like to be like angels yeah. doesn't mean to become an angel. Yes. I think how Jesus says it is exactly how he means it. We will have an enlightened intellect. Yeah, I mean, yes, that's true. I, I, again, I think in this passage, yes, it's very specifically he's just talking about that. He's saying, right. like angels, we won't have marriage or need of marriage. So, but, Sean, do angels have genders? That's why they don't have marriage, right? No, they do. What? Yeah. No, they do not. Yeah, they do. No, they super... So like Michael, Gabriel, Raphael... Oh, I cannot even go into this with you right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why are you heckling I me? I can't help it. I can't stop. We'll talk uh, about angels... Yeah, that would probably be a whole... I'd love to have, like, an angel mm. expert on. Yeah, that'd be great. It's not me. No. I know some things, but not a lot. Fair enough. I took one class. So, yeah. But, again, this is what Jesus is saying. That there, again, there's just no need. Because, again, like angels, we will be in the presence of God himself. Right. So that's that would be why there's no marriage of angels cool alright so angels don't have genders they don't have marriage humans don't have genders in heaven because they don't have marriage you're trying to turn this around to like get to me, but it doesn't look like that. No, I'm just trying to segue so, into a point that I saw on your bullet list. You said you said humans don't have genders. Oh, sorry. <sighs> the microphone, man. Well, you put it so close. Well, I know it has to be. You speak so low. I understand. Just listen, you if you s- think listen, Sean listen. speaks too quietly, please send us an email. Comment. Comment one under the... DM me on Instagram. So, okay, you said humans don't have genders. Yes. I'm presenting you with a point to prove wrong. Why? I don't know. You have a point here. I didn't know how you wanted to segue to this, but it's time. Yeah, that's fine. Because humans don't have marriage. Yes, but we'll still have... Our sexuality as masculine or feminine uh, in the in the resurrection. That, um, and I think this is how it, it does kind of segue. We're talking about angels. That I think a common misconception, and I you know I, I don't want to I don't want to be like I'm looking down or judging anyone specifically for this. Because um, I, like, I can see where people come from on this, but just to say the truth 
that, you know, people sometimes, you know, you hear people say when someone's died, you know, say, oh, no, they're an angel now in heaven. Um, yeah, and I think just to, you know. That's not to be harsh. It's honestly, if they are in heaven, it's better. It is, yeah. It is better that you're a human (laughs) in heaven. Um, I mean, that's even being a human on earth is, uh, if an angel in heaven could feel envy, (laughs) they would be envious of us. I mean, think about we have the Eucharist. Well, that's the whole thing with demons, right? All the fallen angels. Yeah. It's the envy. Yeah. Those who chose to conform their will to the will of God Mm -hmm. have made that, like, concrete decision of service. And I don't want to, like, get in over my head with this, but... um, But go ahead. It's just really funny to me to think about, like, demons that they chose not to be angels in heaven and now it's like literally the greatest symbol of like their defeat one of the two of the greatest symbols of their defeat are a teenage girl and a tiny baby and that's hilarious of course they had the other image of the angel with like the armor and the spear like destroying them so that I'd I'd be a little bit more okay with like that. The angel, like just a generic. Yeah, the one guy that does that. Okay. Yeah. But anyways, um, yeah, just it's I think really important just to put the truth out there, I guess, whenever possible, mm-hmm. that people do not become angels when we die and like you said that it's I mean, you really think about it, it's better that we don't first of all right um, but like angels at least now in this period of humanity's existence mm-hmm. um which well, maybe it's changed before we put this out there um we don't know but nobody knows the day <laughs> nor the hour it's true but uh, that like angels we will be um, just like spirit where we don't have a physical body anymore just like an angel does not have a physical body right so, as you said until eschatological men right until we have the, the resurrection resurrection of the mm-hmm. body so exactly all right how are you feeling? You feeling good? Yeah, I'm good. I just wanted to look at these notes. I was going to tell you what they were. Oh, thanks. Um, yes. <laughs> so. Um, are you talking? I think this might go along with what you were just talking about. I don't think um, it's in, in order. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's fair. You're right. That's kind of a segue um, to the next thing. Yeah. Because, like, I think yeah, just, like, an interesting thing to think about that we 
don't have like a definitive teaching on. A fun fact. A fun fact, if you will. So to speak. Yes. Uh, thinking about what uh, a resurrected body would be like. Um, that, I mean, there's a million ways you can think about it. The most important thing is that it, it will be like you, like recognizably you. Uh, and again, it'll be, you're still, still be, if you're masculine, you'll be, if you're male, you're male, if you're female, you're female. That won't change. Um, it'll be a glorified body. So it'll be you living your best life. Wow. And that's the other thing is like, again, because it's not like... I can't get to him. It's hard to, again say but that it's not like okay I'm my resurrected body is gonna be like jacked or something you know it's like it's still gotta be me but this is where it's interesting to think like okay like the only sort of resurrect actual resurrected body we have a record of right is Jesus himself in the gospel right that um, so it'll be everyone at 33 yeah that's how it works. Whatever you looked like at 33. Because that's how old Jesus was. Yep. Just kidding. That's not theologically based. No. But that's, I mean, it's I've heard people though. speculate that, though. Yeah, I have to. Because it's like, I what age would you... No, that I like? necessarily... Conform to that, though. Yeah, but it's like weird to think about it. What if it was like, whatever age you died at would mm-hmm. that, like that would be your age or do you get to pick no no cause God in his infinite wisdom already knows yeah but like there's some, no choices some, some free will I don't know uh, maybe, maybe I, I guess know. yeah alright I'll concede that I but, am uh, agnostic in this You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. I don't think it means what you think it means. That's fair. Keep go on to your next point, please. I just please. wanted to say that. But, um, Are you done talking about Jesus' body? No, no. I, I did not even say... That's what this whole say, thing is about. I didn't even say like, the important part. Okay, sorry. Because when we see... And again... Uh, yeah, like when Jesus rose from the dead... Sure, it had only been three days since he had died. So it wasn't... <laughs> I can't. Why? I'm sorry. I try. I even tried to give you a chance. I couldn't break it. Okay. Anyways, so you know, it's only been three days since Jesus died and then he rose again. Um, So like, there wasn't a whole lot of time, and it's like from what we have like of reading. It's like, okay, you can't like really tell, like, does he look three days older? Like, no. Um, but I think maybe it's before he didn't look like an old man. But do you think people you know? who die at, like, 90s, 98, 100, and 10? I was recently reading that the oldest living person right now 
is 121 years old. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. It is crazy. So they were born in 1901? Maybe? Yes. Wow. Previous to that, the oldest person who passed away, I think in 2017, the Mm. oldest person living at that time, lived to be 124 years old. Wow. And was born in like 1896 or something. That's so crazy. They lived through three, cen- not through three centuries, but, but like during, during three yeah. centuries. That's insane. Yeah, it is. We're talking about old people again. I know. It's interesting. I it's, don't know. It is intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. For it's, sure. It just is. For sure. Um, so, are those people who die at that age going to have those bodies yeah I don't know maybe I just want to like glow a little bit yeah okay maybe sparkle wow shine maybe well that's what I I think that is is kind of I mean maybe Jesus is a different case right I guess kind of what I was going to say is that even though he's the only resurrected body we have kind of for reference, he's still God, so maybe there's some differences. I don't know. Um, but, like, yeah, that he did have, like, like a, um, I want to say that it does say that he had, like, a glow to him almost. Um, First of all, he shined like the sun. The sun. S-U-N. Uh, but I think what like the most important thing this is marriage folks I think the most important thing to take away about Jesus' resurrected body is that he still had the wounds um, from the cross mm. That and we know that because again wonderful old Thomas uh, had to check for himself everyone dishes on Thomas well he kind of deserves it does he, though? He does. Speaking of human experience. No one else there had a problem. They were all like, yeah, great. It's Why Jesus. do you think God gave us the example of Thomas? I don't know. To make fun of him? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Obviously. One of these days, I'm going to go off about Thomas. and Everyone's oh. going to see how wrong they are. Oh, okay. Sure. How Thomistic they are. Hmm. It's not usually what Timistic means. I know. Anyways, um, so, yeah, I think that Jesus' resurrected body still has the wounds from the cross left that he, you know, gained on the cross. Right? That they weren't, like, magically healed or something. Right. His body was still his body. Um... And so, again, this is not any kind of, like, official teaching. But it makes me um, imagine that, yeah, like, we have some kind of particular trait about our own body that it would kind of stay the same in the resurrection. But maybe not. I don't know. 
And again, maybe it's like a person-by-person thing. Uh, and maybe it was just important for Jesus to still have his wounds. Yes. When he rose. I, don't I know. feel like it definitely was, to your point about Thomas. But not just for Thomas, but yeah, for <laughs> everyone who could say, like, well, maybe this is just a guy who looks like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like... I don't think I would have trusted someone. Here's the thing. If you were following Jesus for three years and you saw everything he did, and if you remembered what he had said to you, you know, it'd be like, hey, he has said before he is going to die. He's going to, you know, come back after three days. Resurrect. Yeah, so. Okay. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, yeah, what day is it? Oh, okay, yeah. Right. Makes sense. And all these other people who I've come to know and trust over the last three years. Well, then I guess you posit that you have more faith than one of the apostles. Yeah, in that moment, maybe. All right. Enough about Jesus's... <laughs> physical body yes resurrecting Um, let's talk about the divine nature yes you want to look at um saint athanasius for you want to lead with that or close with that what would you like to do uh well you also have a quote here from john paul too i do from the theology of the body which might be where we should start. Okay. Sure. Do you want to read that? You want me to read I that? will read it. Go for it. And then you will talk. So, yeah, let me, well, I guess. It's a, basically you, an introduction. What does it start with? Okay. Um, just, I guess, to put context around this, that this is about what John Paul II calls divinization. So, it's fine. That, um, basically the idea that we are sons and daughters of God through, um, through our, our happy fault. Okay. You know? Okay. So you read what John Paul II says. Participation in the divine nature participation in the inner life of God himself, penetration and permeation of what is essentially human by what is essentially divine, will then reach its peak, so that the life of human of the human spirit will reach a fullness that was absolutely inaccessible to it before. This is speaking of the divinization, which you just did you use that term i did okay yeah so that's the becoming adopted sons and daughters of god which i feel like begins in baptism but reaches its fullness in the resurrection mm-hmm. yeah definitely true um 
But yeah, I kind of like what John Paul is saying is that this is like something that wasn't originally um, our, uh, <clears throat> you know, in the, the plan. <laughs> Like like the way that God originally made us, you know, before sin. Right. That it wasn't that we were going to kind of share in his life in this way of like literally, you know, becoming so much like him. Right. Um, Where it was going to kind of be, you know, in our own kind of place. Right. Still made in his image and likeness. But, um, right, like we've talked about before, that Adam and Eve... They ate the fruit um, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that, uh, again, this gives them and us, by you know, our connection to them, mm-hmm. uh, as, uh, you know, kind of gives us this thing that we, again, weren't originally meant to have. Right. Um, but even though it's uh, through disobeying God, right, it's still something that we've kind of gained, I guess, for ourselves. Yeah. Um, not without its consequences. But um, that kind of in the end, it made things even better than it was before. Right, and again, just a testament of God's um, incredible, infinite mercy mm-hmm. uh, and love for us. That even when we uh, disobeyed Him, and then you know, try to like cover it up, <laughs> or you know, not even be honest with Him. Right. Uh, you know, He still says, you know, because his love is unwavering, uh, that, you know, like we're, he, we're still going to have a, a chance to be with him. Yeah. You know, in heaven. And he, again, in his uh, very presence, uh, like fully. Right. Which would not have happened before. And we will kind of be like so united with God. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I want to say this? I don't know that... Um, I feel like you kind of said it earlier. Um, where, you know, we're, we are kind of perfectly united with God and in a way that... Um, I forget exactly what you said. Was it from uh, the message? Maybe, maybe it was that, yeah. I guess what I'm trying to get at is like Mm -hmm. this union with God is almost like, okay, everyone in heaven will be directed towards God, but united with each other Mm -hmm. is what I said. Um, That was in regard to a question that someone had about if marriage doesn't exist in heaven, can you still be with your spouse? Mm -hmm. Uh, so, but when you're so, like, united with God in such an intimate way, Mm -hmm. 
it's kind of like marriage like you've you're united to another person mm-hmm. and a lot of single people sometimes I feel like it's almost like a funny joke now that people complain like oh you're like morphing into one person yeah mm-hmm. and that union with God is kind of like that where you almost become him yeah in a way yeah that you're you're so yeah close to him like, um yeah I think that's really like kind of a good way to put it that it is like marriage in a way that you almost become one and the same and again right that, that's part of why marriage is a sign right. of what's to come mm-hmm. um and i think it's it's just interesting too to say you know you look at how you know like adam and eve's relationship with god was in the garden at first is like it was there was like a separation they weren't always in the presence of god right it was like god would like come to the garden sometimes but yeah wasn't you know constantly there with them yeah I think that's one of the distinguishing points that's meant by natural union is like mm-hmm. kind of a I don't know I don't want to speculate too far into that but I'll just leave it at that yeah um, <laughs> to what I said though Saint Athanasius mm-hmm. agrees yes and also I stole that from him okay. I mean I didn't steal it from him, but I kind of rephrased what he said because I've been thinking a lot about it and how at the surface this quote is a little bit hard to swallow, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, For the Son of God became man so that we might become God. Yeah. <laughs> and at face value, that is a little disconcerting. Yeah. But if you think of it in terms of unity and, like, the two become one flesh, the two become one, Mm -hmm. the two become one. The one person who joins the other person, they become each other. Right. Yeah. Anything else to add? Exactly. I mean, not really. I mean, kind of hit it right on the head, you know, that's... Um, again, when you, I think when you first hear that, it's not, um, you might kind of react poorly to it. Like, what a saint is saying that we're going to be God. Like, we can't be God. Only God can be God. Um, but like you're saying, you kind of take a step back, actually think about what he's saying. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of like the fact that, you know, the reason that, you know, God himself would take on a human form. The point is so that we can, you know, and ultimately in a physical bodily way, body and soul together, right, be with God in perfect union, like we've been saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Nice. Well, I think that's where we're going to wrap up 
the I want to say my brain is like the main lesson of this episode no just Um, our conversation our conversation about this topic Mm -hmm. we have a closing segment we do it's the usual closing segment much to my dismay can't (laughs) switch it up I have been thinking I would probably yawn fewer times during the episode if we did the Mountain Dew at the beginning because then I would be more awake because I don't know if you've read the caffeine content in that Mm. yeah that's there it is probably why you can't fall asleep after we do these yeah so you gotta stop giving this to me at midnight it's exactly midnight I'm gonna go get it. Okay, he's gonna go get it. <laughs> he's running into our Christmas tree right now. It's not going well. I made it. Our he did barely. That's. Before we put our Christmas tree up, he would just walk around the outside of the lights and out of the camera frame, but now that is not an option. Should I tell people where to look for us? Sure. Okay. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon. Also, YouTube. Go to the description below. Go to the description. Find all the links. We appreciate your support. Like, share, subscribe. The cool thing about subscribing on YouTube, even if you don't listen on YouTube, if you subscribe on YouTube, once we reach certain numbers of subscribers, we can do more things. Yeah, that's like true. lives and I didn't read the full description before I started this sentence. Yeah, there, there are just more things to people who subscribe. There are more things. Um, um, we also post short videos and mm-hmm. excerpts from the podcast uh, episodes on there. And there will be a lot more coming. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Sean's working on getting our full episodes uploaded. That takes quite some time. We've got a couple of short videos from previous episodes. Yes. And more to come. So, Mm -hmm. please subscribe, even if you're not utilizing the YouTube channel. Yep. It's free. It's free (laughs) to subscribe. Uh... And it helps other people who use the YouTube channel to benefit from that. Mm -hmm. Uh, We will be doing our first ever, but monthly, (laughs) AMA Mm -hmm. on Patreon uh, next week, I think. Okay. So... If you want to watch that, tune in, um, become a patron. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you get those. Check the 
benefits to make sure you get that. Yes. Because <laughs> everyone gets early. a thank you card from us. Yeah. And also early access to episodes. And it goes up from there. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Good. All right. You ready? Yeah, I don't know why, but I almost just started praying. You probably should, to be honest. Oh, gosh. Because it's that time. I'm talking about Mountain Dew, baby. Yep, that's the time. I'm talking about Mountain Dews, baby. All right, I'm ready. All right, here it comes. (sighs) Did you buy me another one of those blue ones? Nope. That'd be funny. I don't know how you're going to feel about this. I already feel sick. Can you smell it? No. Really? No, because my nose has been running this whole time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that happens to you. Yeah. Swapped it. <laughs> Go for This it. bottle is differently shaped. Yeah, I think it is a little bit. It's, okay, yeah. it's sweet like the rest of them. Yeah, it'd be packed weird if sugar. it wasn't sweet. Okay. Um, this doesn't really have a distinctive. No, no, it kind of tastes like. It kind of tastes like Fanta a little bit. Interesting. But not exactly. Maybe like a tangerine, like a orange variation. Hmm. Interesting guess. Okay. All right. Are you ready? No. To see it. Is it like red? Why don't you look? It's red. It is red. Wow. That's not... It's not any of the things I thought. It's code red with a rush of cherry flavor. Oh, it's cherry. Yeah. That is... Smell it again now that you know. You kind of get it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I know... Isn't that interesting? It is. How I, like, knowing... I've been... uh, so since I do our Instagram, I see all of the reels that other people are doing. Mm-hmm. By the way, check out our Instagram reels. Yeah. I work really hard on them, guys, for like five minutes. <laughs> uh, which some people would probably still say that's too long. Yeah, maybe. Um, no, what was I going to say? Oh. There are some reels that are going around right now and go around. It's things like this go around all the time. Mm-hmm. Where it's like a sound bite and it's like, what do you hear? And it gives you two options. Oh, yeah. And you hear whichever one you're reading. Yeah. Those mess with me. Yeah. I like this. Like, what's one right now? 
Go Little Rockstar. Okay. Or Pope is a Rockstar. Okay. Which Rockstar, not a huge variation. No. Some of the other ones were inappropriate. I'm not going to quote yeah, them. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> of course. They would be. Yes. Yeah. I didn't care for that Mountain Dew flavor. Mm-hmm. But I could see why some people would drink it if they also like red Gatorade. Mm. Yeah. I don't like red things. Uh, well. As a rule. That's in general, <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It was all right. Yeah. You tried it. Was it not as bad as the green one. Really? You didn't like the green one? I really didn't. And then the pink one. Still the worst. Is just not good. Yeah. The blue one. Yeah. I finished that bottle later. I yeah. am a little ashamed to say. <laughs> uh, I needed a boost. <laughs> Voltage. 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 <laughs> yes. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Let's close it up. All right. Thank, Thank you for you. listening. Oh. Okay. You oh, it. you do it. No, it's no okay. you go. No, you started it. Did I do the opening? Um, I don't remember. I don't remember who ended up doing that. We recorded the opening of this episode probably three times. Three times. Four? Four, maybe. Thank you for listening to another episode of Better Than Wine Podcast with Sean and Riley. We are so happy that you are here. <laughs> <laughs>